Where have we been? We've been talking about our purpose. Again, we've been talking about, it's been five weeks, and some of you are probably like, Pastor, can we please move on? We'll get there. (laughs) We're not there yet, but we'll get there. (laughs) And so we've been talking about what I believe God is is desiring for us to do. I really believe that, that God desires for us to make an impact. And I probably will have to come back to this because if we see that we're not making impact, then we've got to revisit. Anyway, and so so we've been talking about impact. We've talked about that God desires to touch you. He desires to impact your life. He desires our church to be a church of impact, that when we gather together, we should expect those God things. I mean, seriously, if you didn't sense the anointing when... I talked and then Tam sang and I didn't know what she was singing and it was the exact same thing. I mean, that's God's hand in our life. That's cool. We should expect to see God working in our service. Amen. We should expect when we pray that people get touched. We should expect people to be delivered, forgiven, whatever they need. I mean, that's what God desires for our church. That's who he, that's who he desires us to be. We shouldn't be surprised. Huh? What if we got to the place where we weren't surprised when God showed up, but we were uh, ready? <laughs> I mean, we're almost taken back when God shows up sometimes. Wow, what do we expect this morning? It's snowing outside. God took a snow day. No. I desire that we have impact in our service. The heart is that we would be impacting our community, that we would be an agent of change, that we would be an an, an opportunity for God to touch Crawford. And then we talked about last week that, that even though we might be, quote, unquote, small, we might be in this tiny little place and, Sometimes fear irrelevant when it comes to the nation, the world, that God, I believe, this is pastor speaking out of faith, that God desires to use what he's accomplishing in Crawford, Nebraska, to affect the nation and the world. That God desires for, for us to be that place of impact, that he's going to use us. I mean, he wants to use the willing. He's going to use us to touch not just Crawford, not just what we can rationalize, but what we need, that God variable was the word I used last year in our equation to see happen. So this morning, I want to continue, but I want to talk about more of our ownership in this. Okay, today is the Super Bowl, right? Uh, we all know that, maybe, I think. Uh, it's the Eagles and the, the, oh, that one stinking team. I don't like them, the Patriots or whatever their name is. They got that one guy quarterback that no one likes. But anyway, um, I think football teams, they gather right around August for what, you know, the training camp. I got to imagine both coaches, when their teams got together this year, they probably talked about today, right? I mean, I'm going to guess NFL coaches, when they get these guys that make millions and millions of dollars, they come together and they're getting ready to practice or prepare. I'm going to guess the coach is, is telling them, Bill Pelichick, Bill Pelichick or whatever his name is, and, and, and Doug Pedersen, I'm going to guess they're telling their players that we're shooting for the Super Bowl, Right? I mean, it makes sense for a coach to tell his team why they're practicing. I read an article this week about two players from Nebraska that ended up in the hospital because they practiced so hard their kidneys started processing, whatever. I mean, you can't push someone to the point they end up in the hospital if they don't know what they're being pushed for, right? So what I really believe that God's been doing is telling us where he's taking us. He's given us that goal. He's told us what our, our Super Bowl really is about. That, that we're coming together as a body. That we can, we can be together as a body. Uh, striving for that same goal. Whatever it may look like. It may look differently. But coming together in, in, in unity to try to see this 
accomplished. Now imagine, if you will, and most of us can't imagine an NFL setting, but just imagine if the first day of practice the coach says we're going to the Super Bowl, and Ryan says, I'm not in this for the Super Bowl. I just want to play football. And the coach is like, he's going on this big spiel. He's, he's talking about, you know, beating the teams and winning the conference championship, yada, yada. And Ryan's like, nope, I just like the uniforms. They look good. Something about that, I'm going to guess they have cuts. I'm not talking about with a knife, but they get fired. I'm going to guess Ryan gets cut because he doesn't want to be a part of what the team's setting out to do. This morning, the message I have is, is one that really I've wrestled with, and I've wrestled with it for a long time. I've wrestled with it in different contexts, but we're here today. And it's one that uh, I really feel like God is saying, who's in? Like, who wants to be a part of what we're setting out to accomplish? In some ways, and this is, now watch out, because pastor's going to get some dirty looks, because uh, a word and understanding I want to talk about today is, is membership. And for a lot of us, when we say church membership, that's like bad words. That's like chalkboard fingernails. Understand. I, I was talking to some people. I'm convinced uh, there's probably 30, 35 people in this room. If I sat down with everyone in this room and I said, hey, what's it mean to be a member of a church? I bet you I'm going to have 30 to 35 completely different answers. Because we all bring some baggage when it comes to this idea of membership. We all bring some, oh, some hurts, some whatever from the past when it comes to this idea of membership. And so as a pastor, what I've wrestled with is I don't like the word membership. But just because I doesn't, I don't like it doesn't mean it's not Biblical. And so what I've wrestled with is, okay, as a pastor, uh, are we to see who's on the team, per se? It's from my analogy, from who wants to play for the Super Bowl versus who doesn't. And membership, I know, today, when I talk about membership, I think of Sam's Club. Because I'm a member at Sam's Club. Right? So because I'm a member at Sam's Club, what does that mean? I give them money so I can get something. What is membership in the majority of things that we talk about? I was talking to some ladies this week, and I asked them what it meant to be a member of a church, and I was astonished. One person even said the word dues. Wow. Membership, it really does mean I become a part of something so I can get something. You can be part of a member in the NRA, right? And they'll give you cool stickers and, and you'll get to say that you're a member of the NRA and you'll get to feel cool because you're a tough guy because you got this NRA card. Oh, I'm not spending step on any toes this morning. If I did, sorry. Not really. But anyway, um, you know, prestige or whatever. We've got the concept of membership in our minds. I think it's contrary to the concept of the church. You see, membership in the body of Christ, which is what I want to talk about a little bit today, I think it's less about what we get, but more about what we give. And it's hard for us when we start talking membership because we continually go back to what we get. I'm going to read something. 
I believe that the benefit, this is in italics and bold in my notes, so I wanted to make sure to read it. I believe that the benefit-based mentality is antithetical to the purpose of the church. Yes, I get a whole lot because I'm a part of the body of Christ. No question. No question there are benefits that come from being a part of the body of Christ. I have accountability. I have people who are there to help with me. I have someone that can walk with me. I have someone that can cry with me. Uh, Whatever. Yes, I will get a whole lot because I belong to a church, but primarily I have a place that God has a design that he needs me. You hear what I'm saying? My place in the body of Christ has been appointed by God that he has a design. He made me where he's going to use me within this body. And so as we say, hey, we're here to impact, I believe God's designed us so that when we come together, we make impact. It's important to know who's wearing my jersey, though, right? If I'm the quarterback, I hope Tom Brady is colorblind and can't see the Eagles' jerseys today. But, but the reality is that it's important to know who's on our team. It's important to know who we're standing with. And so, so biblically, is there a model was the question I'm asking myself. Like, is there a basis for all this membership talk? I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to go to another word that you're going to say, I don't like that word, Okay. Father, I ask for your anointing, and I just ask for your help today. Holy Spirit, be with us. Illuminate before us the Word of God. Help us today to embrace your Word. Help us to hear from you and only you. God, I pray for myself I would be uh, yielded to you, that the words I speak would be yours. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, I got an exercise. No one's sitting around you, I'm sorry. Go find someone. Look at someone and tell them they're a saint this morning. Wives, do me a favor. Look at your husband this morning and tell them they're a saint without laughing. Now... Now, if you have a mirror, look at a mirror and tell yourself, I'm a saint. It's hard for us to consider ourselves saints. As I look through Scripture, and I'm going to talk about saints today, as I look through Scripture... If I see a word for the body of Christ that I think, I think represents membership, it's the word saint. Now, the, the struggle I have is saint has about as bad of an understanding as membership does today. I mean, I grew up Catholic. You know what a saint was? It was a dead person who did something that was really good. For others, a saint is someone who is without fail, without mistakes, you know, like, hey, there's just a few really old people who can't see very well anymore, so they don't have to worry. But I mean, that's what we kind of considered saints. Even in the church, we talk about saints. A lot of times, who are we talking about? It's people with gray hair. It's not the young people. So, so I realized this morning as, as we talk, and I, I really feel like I'm teaching today more so than preaching, but that, that, that we need to understand. Paul, in his letters, wrote to the saints about 60 times. And I can promise you Paul wasn't writing to dead people every time he wrote to the saints. He's writing to people who would read his letters. 
So what is it about the word saint that Paul found so valuable that when he wrote the book of Romans or when he wrote the book of Corinthians or when he wrote the book of, uh, of Ephesians that he started those books addressing the saints. Ephesians chapter 1, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God to the saints who are in Ephesus. Now remember, Paul is writing to a church in Ephesus. That's who he's writing to. And so he says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, to the saints who are at Ephesus and who are faithful in Christ Jesus, grace and peace to you from the Lord, or from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Romans, to the church in Rome. Romans chapter 1, verse 7. To all who are beloved of God in Rome, called as saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Uh, to the church of God, which is at Corinth, to those who have been sanctified, oh man, here we go, sanctified. Who, who wants to be sanctified? Who thinks they're sanctified? A lot of times that's another big word. I'm not sanctified, some people will say. That's a big deal. We've got to come back. We've got to change our understanding. To those who have been sanctified in Christ Jesus, saints by calling, with all those in every place, call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. Pastor Steve, because I'm stubborn and I don't just like to do what everyone tells me to do, I've wrestled with membership. And really what I've come back to is, yes, membership is, is imperative in the church, but, but we need to redefine our understanding of membership. And so my desire this morning is that we can start to look at being part of a body through the lens of being a saint. That's what Paul, that's who he wrote to. And the interesting thing was... I couldn't use the NIV because the NIV has even taken out the word saints now and we've changed it to different words that I'll get into in a little bit. Because we're, we're losing some of this understanding and I, uh, 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 of what Paul is, is communicating. There's, there's a word that he used to talk to the church, the members of the church, the people who were gathered in Ephesus to be set apart for the work of the gospel that was for Ephesus. He called them the saints. So what does it mean to be a saint? Again, I talked about, I was a good Catholic boy, so we had, uh, we had saints, and, and what it meant to be a saint there was you did something really remarkable in your life, a miracle had to be attributed to you, and you had to be dead, and then you would be, could become a saint. That's not what a saint is. You hear me? That's not who Paul was writing to. So who was Paul writing to? Who was Paul speaking to when he wrote to the saints? The word in Greek for saint, the word that, that Paul uses in each of these verses for saint is the word hagiasis. Okay? What does that mean? We'll get to it. Hagiasis. Well, there's two other words in Scripture that sometimes uh, they, they, they get used in, in, in place of saint. Okay? And those other two words, sometimes when we read these verses, it'll say holy people. And other times when we read these verses, it'll say sanctified people. So now, what a saint is. I'm going to say a saint is a holy, sanctified person. Okay, well, what does that mean? Because there again, holy and sanctification, that's hard. Who likes to be considered holy? We, we, we sell ourselves short all the time when it comes to being holy, Right? So, so what is Paul talking about? Because, see, the word for, for holy is hagias. Remember I said the word for 
saint was hagiasis. And the word for sanctification or to sanctify is hagiasmo. So it's all this hagi stuff. I just said that. I didn't plan on that. Probably need to omit that when you record. That was weird. It's the same root. The same word means the same thing. These words are used interchangeably in Scripture to communicate the same ideas. So if I can start to unpack or understand sanctification, if I can start to understand and embrace the biblical understanding of, of holy or being holy, maybe I start to understand what God said when He writes to the saints. This morning I'm communicating to the saints in Crawford, Nebraska. So what is sanctification? 1 Corinthians chapter 1, But of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God, and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. So somehow God made this. He created this in us. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 says, But And were some of you, but you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord, uh, in the name of the Lord Jesus by the Spirit of our God. What is sanctification? I went to a Bible dictionary because that's where we should start, right? What is sanctification? Now, this is going to blow your minds because this kind of messes with you a little bit about sanctification because we view sanctification as something super spiritual. My Bible dictionary is Baker Theological Dictionary. Sanctification. The generic meaning of sanctification is the state of proper functioning. You hear what I just said? Sanctification. Now, does that make it too hard to say I'm sanctified? So, so the, the theological dictionary said the, the state sanctification can be simplified to the place of, of saying that, that sanctification is the state of proper functioning. Well, what does that mean? To sanctify someone or something is to set that person or thing apart for the use at which it was intended by its designers. I'm still reading the Baker Theological Dictionary. It says, now, this is going to blow your mind. Greg, that pen that you've got in your hand right now is sanctified when you're using it. Roy, your glasses were sanctified when you put them on your face this morning because you were setting apart them for the use at which they were created. I can wrap my brains around that. That's a sanctification that I can understand. That's attainable for me. Sanctification really simply is you were designed by whom? God for what? A purpose? When God, when you're used for the purpose at which God designed you, then all of a sudden you're living in sanctification. You're sanctified. And who's the one who sanctified you? It's God, right? It's not you. It's not, it's not, it's not your, your, yours to do. God sanctified you. And if we can get that, because so many times we work so hard, and not that we don't have to work, don't get me wrong, not that we don't want to make sure we're in the right place, but the reality is God is the one who set you apart for the purpose He desires to use you. So when I'm saying that I'm a saint, I'm being set apart for the purpose that God designed me for. Think about it. Basic. What happened? God made man. Where did God make man? Garden of Eden, right? 
Man made bad choice. God's design for man got messed up. So he had to send Jesus Christ. Why? To fix that. To get us back to that place that he desired us to be. I mean, the brokenness is, is that, that, that as, as people we've lived controlled by sin, but God has given us a way out. He sent the new Adam, Jesus Christ, for us. That we could be sanctified. That we could be cleansed. That, that sin could no longer define us or be the authority in our life. But so many times we live non-sanctified. We say we can't. We say we won't. We choose to desanctify ourselves. I just made that up. Not made it up, but I don't know if desanctify is a word. We're the reason we're not sanctified. We're the reason God's not using us in that purpose at which He created us for. It's me. It's my place in, in aligning myself. Sanctification. Again, a picture I used, like, we're not royalty, but just imagine, like, the Queen's China. What makes that piece of silver special? It's who owns it, right? That's all it is, is for us. That's all God, he, he said for us. Is he's got a purpose for you, and I believe that we've, we've exposed the purpose that God has for our church, but, 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 He's setting us apart. We're called to be saints. The other word I talked about, oh, I'll give you another picture because this is pretty cool. Um, sanctification. I've been reading a book. It's called Recalibration. Really, what, is it, what does it do when you recalibrate something? What are you doing to it? You're trying to get it to where it ran the best, right? You're trying to get it to that initial setting where it's running like it did when you bought it, even though you've abused it for like 20 years and you want to get it back to that place. It's really what recalibration is, and that's, there's a book I've been reading, that's what it's called. But that understanding of sanctification, that we're just trying to get ourselves back to the place that God designed us so we can be used how he made us. Um, when your computer doesn't work, what do you do? Besides speak like you can't speak in the sanctuary. You reboot it, right? I mean, some people think I'm a, I'm a computer genius. You know, they call me and ask for me help with their computer. You know what I do? Push the power button. Let it all shut down. And nine times out of ten, that fixes the problem. Sometimes sanctification is just really that reboot of God, that recharge of God that sometimes gets us back to that place where the way the designer designed it, that's what happens. Like some smart guy designed programs in a computer, and I've been using it long enough that I screwed up his design, and so when I push reboot, it really takes it back to those settings. Boy, it's easy to push that power button. It's easy to reboot a computer, but what about myself? Sanctification, I've been, I've been a sanctified one, is one of the, the meanings of saint. The other meaning that we have is, is this word hagios, which means holy. Now, I'm telling you, uh, I'm going to read you the definition from, uh, uh, from a Greek lexicon of holy, this word hagios. And the first word, I mean, I'm going to give you, it's going to fit most of us here. The first word for holy is different. A different. Who can be different? 
I mean, that's not that big of a standard. When I say who can be holy, a lot of us might even cringe at the thought of that. But when I say who can be different, we're different. We're other. <laughs> Hagias means like, likeness of the nature with Lord because of, uh, of different in this world. And if I go through the definition every time, it just talks about being different or being set apart. We're different. The scripture calls us aliens in this world, right? Why? Because we're different than the world. It shouldn't surprise us that we live differently than the world, that our agendas are different than the world, that our goals are different than the world. We should be different. But so many times we focus on being like the world. We're called to be holy. That's we're called to be set apart. He writes to the holy ones, to the holy people. First Peter says, as obedient children, don't conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. How do we do it? It's written, be holy because I'm holy. How are you different? You're different because of Jesus Christ. You're not different because of what you do. You're not different because of how you talk. You're not different because of how you act. You're different because of Jesus Christ. How have you been set apart? You've been set apart not because of the church you go to or not because of the things that you're saying. You've been set apart because you've received the promise of Jesus Christ. How hard is that? We make holiness as as this thing that is unattainable. No, it's attainable every day. I am holy today because He is holy. You are set apart today because of Jesus Christ. Because God is holy and He made you different. He created you new. He said you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. You were once like them, but now you are different. Yeah, the choices that come with being different might be challenging. The obedience that comes from being different might be hard. But I'm holy. Because He is holy. Second Timothy. It says, uh, in a large house there are articles not only of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some are for special purchases and some purposes, and some are for common use. Those who cleanse themselves from the latter will be instruments for special purposes, made holy, useful and master, useful to the master, and prepared for any, prepared to do any good work. I'm a saint. I'm holy, and sanctified. You're a saint. And I can say that to people that I do life with. And I can mean that. Ryan, you're a saint. You've been set apart. God designed you for a purpose. God designed you for for this time and this place. God designed you. He put you together how he did, which other people say, that's real different. That's okay. That just means I'm sanctified. I'm holy. He made you how you are because He knows what what He desires, His plans and purposes for this body today. I'm called 
to be a saint. Ephesians chapter 4, it says that there are some who are called to be pastors. We talked about it in Sunday school this morning, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, apostles. And they're called for the equipping of the saints. As a pastor, God's placed me here to equip his saints. So this morning, and I know I started and I went a long way around to get to this place, and we were probably wondering, okay, you talked about membership, now you talking about saints, what do you mean? All I'm saying is, as a pastor, our church is just practical level, let's be practical with one another. We're in a stage where we're currently called a district-affiliated church, which means that there's people over top of us, myself included, who are the officials of our church. As a pastor, my desire is for us to become a general council church, which means that we get to kind of run things how we want to run them. We get to have our own board, make our own decisions, all that stuff. That's the season we're in. Uh, and actually, I'm expected to be able to do that. We should have done it probably a while ago, but we just haven't done it. But in order to do that, I have to know who's on my team. So I have to know who wants to be set apart for this purpose. And I know if I talk about membership, some people are going to say, I can't do that. But, but I wonder if I talk about being a saint, that means that you want to be set apart for the purpose that God has for our church. Is that something that you say, yeah, that's where I'm at. That's why I'm here. That's why we're coming. That's why we made pies today. Whatever you want to say, I want to be a part of what God is doing because I believe that God has a special purpose that is being brought to pass in the church in Crawford, Nebraska. And I want to be a part of it. I want to be not just a part of it, but my part of it. So when we get enough people to say that, then I get to have a meeting, get to say that our church is standing on our own, and that's going to happen. But membership is something that I have to face. But I want to face it together, and I want to face it transparently with everyone, so we all can say, hey, yeah, I had an understanding of membership. I've seen pastors abuse membership. I've seen them manipulate it so that when the vote comes, I get to vote the way it wants to go. No, that's not my intent. My intent is that we know who's wearing our jersey. We know who's on our team. So that we can hold each other, that we can stand with one another, that we can walk together and we can accomplish that which God has called us to do. If you guys can come up here. But beyond membership and beyond Pastor Steve's desires, the message today is about a saint. Whether it's in the understanding of what Pastor has for our church or not, This morning, the question I have for you is, are you willing to be recalibrated? Do you need to be rebooted? Do you need to just embrace the reality that, hey, God has set me apart. And yes, I'm different. I look different. I talk different. I act different. That's okay. Because I'm holy. That tonight, when you go home, you can look at yourself. You can look in that mirror and you can say, wow, I'm a saint. Boy, you can go around and you can start signing your checks. St. Roy of Crawford, Nebraska. No, I don't want you to do that. But what's the, the confidence that comes? How empowering is it to know that God made you? That the designer created you so people could see That the designer created you that that in this season, in this moment, the light of the world could be seen. The salt of the earth could be made known because of you. 
that God has set you apart, that he's called you holy. He's made you different. Yeah, we still get dirty. Guess what? The queens, they still have to wash her dishes. Right? They still have to do her laundry. It might be royal clothing. It might be royal dinnerware, but it still has to get cleansed. It still has to get washed. That's okay. But I'm a saint. Just because it's dirty doesn't mean it's still not the queen's. Just because you struggle in life and you, and you, you wrestle with sin and, and you're becoming victorious over it doesn't exclude you from that. You're still a saint. You've still been set apart. And because I'm a saint, I want to be in the right place at the right time to do everything he called me to do. For me, the right place at the right time is Crawford, Nebraska in 2018. I don't know why other than his purpose. I'm not sure sometimes why my cogs are spinning. I'm not sure sometimes why my mouth is running. But all I know is I'm trying to be used by the king for the king's purpose. This morning, if you want to recalibrate, if you want to reboot, just ask God to do that in your life. You might need to say, God, sanctify me. God, let me know that I'm holy. God, in this place this morning, I pray for everyone. I know, God, there's people who are saying, I wasn't expecting this this morning. First time in the church, second time, and we're talking about membership. But no, it's not about that. It's about God's design for your life. So this morning, as you sit here, this morning, as, as we're in this place, maybe God just wants to reboot you. Maybe God desires to recalibrate you. And recalibration sometimes takes some work. Sometimes it takes a little bit of oil and a little bit of of strength to get things back to the settings where they were. Maybe He wants to cleanse you. Because of the brokenness of your life, you've, you've put yourself, you've excluded yourself from the work that God has for you. I'm not sure what God desires this day in this place other than He desires saints. So, Father, I pray for everyone. I pray for all of us. I ask, God, that we would allow ourselves just to rest in you. That as as Tim leads us in a course, that we could listen to you. That we could look at ourselves, God, and and we could realize if we're being effective or ineffective, if we need a reboot or a restart or whatever we need, God, that we can do that so we can be saints in Crawford, Nebraska. For the purpose of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary.
sanctuary is one of those hoggy words, just for the record. It's hoggy on. Place set apart. For what God wants. Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face face shine upon you. Be gracious to you. May he turn his face towards you and grant you his peace. May you be a saint set apart for the work of the gospel.